Hello, and welcome to the In Contention Podcast. This is Sam Stoddard, your host, with Matt Cranstuber. Not Sign. calling it a hat this time. <laughs> we lost that take. Yeah. We're never saying Matt the hat again. It was dumb anyway. Uh, you said it, not me. Whatever. In any way, here, present, I'm... And I, I gave Ruben, I called him the, Ruben the American Sandwich. Is this an American sandwich? It is. It sounds more like a... German it's the official or... sandwich of New York City. Hmm. I, I mean, if you want to have an official sandwich for your city... I, feel I, like I don't want to, to I don't like get too much into it because I feel like it's maybe weird. I feel that all cities should have their own sandwich. And whenever you go to any place that serves a sandwich, they have to serve That's it. That's insane, except I can't eat bread anymore, so screw you. Well, too bad for you. You get it in like a lettuce wrap, Jimmy John style. Yeah, I do. Actually, I, I, I had a Jimmy John's moment today. I ate at City Barbecue, which is like... North Carolina style barbecue, um, and I got it without a bun. And I just thought to myself, "Oh, this is delicious." And then I, I work at a place at Jimmy John's right across the street, and I don't think I've ever once taken a bite of a Jimmy John's. Something like this is delicious. It's always just like sustaining yeah. food. Like, so like this is acceptable for the money that I paid for. Yeah, yeah this is sus- <clears throat> you know sustenance. I you're getting the wrong sandwiches then. Their sandwiches are awful. They don't even heat them up. And their bacon is just, like, crunchy. Their bacon is, is pretty subpar. Yeah, like... Yeah, their bacon's not great. But no, I mean, like, some... Here's the thing. Their guacamole their, isn't even, like, real guacamole. Well, it's just not guacamole. It's just avocado. Fine. But it, it isn't even, like, avocado. It's, it's just, like, green This is an in-contention sandwich edition. All right? right. <laughs> We're, we got hashtags to talk about. So, we, uh... We got stuff. I can't wait until, like, a year from now, we're just like, remember when we hashtagged everything? That was so lame. I don't think it's lame. Because, like, five years ago, I've been like, uh, we got the dot-coms, we got jobsecurity.com, ptpka.com, scgsend.org. Fine, point taken. All right, starting from the top, we have job security and sub-hashtag third wheels. Next topic... Pro Tour Dark Ascension, and a whole slew of topics under that, which we'll What's get into. What's that subtopic? Only if it's relevant. Uh, then uh, our next topic is Star City Cincinnati, which was this past weekend. And then we have Magic the News and Inc. Big, exciting news yeah. here on In Contention. Uh, you guys are going to want to stick around for that. And we've got a couple small ones. Cowards, uh, Mox Ruby, Magic Hitler Vid, and Ohio Magic Weekend 2012. So... Let's, uh, let's not mess too. with it with, with uh, uh, you know, not getting into the show in a reasonable amount of time. Let's go right into it. So, let's talk about Pro Tour Dark Ascension. Right. Let's mix up the order a little bit here. So, this, okay. So, I unfortunately was not in town Saturday and most of Sunday. Neither was I. But I did see some of the, the, the late night coverage on Friday. And I saw the, the top eight. And let me tell you what. It was awesome. I am so glad they moved to this uh, this full event streaming thing. Yeah. I mean, and the, one of the big advantages was that, you know, they had Finkel on camera like half the time. Which is awesome. You know, like that, oh my god. And you got to see Finkel play. And they had, um, you know, it, it's something obviously that ever since uh, Gigi's Live and Star City started doing it. Like, you kind of come to expect it, and it, it was it's always been disappointing with Pro Tours that you don't get to just see everything. Yeah. And now that you have a Pro Tour and you have that level of competition with, you know, Pro Tours are always new formats, and they're pushing them even harder as new formats. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, you know, like, like of course we had a, a Star City last week that was before, or two weeks ago that was before the Pro Tour, 
But even people who are playing it and they were playing the Pro Tour, you know they're not playing their A-game decks. Right. You know, they're playing, they might play a good deck, but no one's bringing their, you know, their number one. They're bringing, like, their number two deck. Or well, deck that, to be fair, Todd Anderson got 18 points or better with the Mono no, Green Todd, deck. No, Todd Anderson did. Todd Anderson did, but, you know, we didn't see the Lingering Souls deck. We didn't see the Red Green Ramp deck. Right. You know, I'm sure those decks existed by that point, in some form or another. But they were like, yeah, we're going to hold that one off the Pro Tour. I'm going to comment just a second on coverage. Um, def- on Friday, which is when the Pro Tour started, obviously on a six-hour delay, because Hawaii is six hours behind us. Um, so our coverage here on the east in the Eastern Time Zone started at 3.45, right. which is like when you want it to be on a Saturday. Just right. like all afternoon nice. and all yeah. night. It was perfect. It's like um, the European ones or the Japanese ones where it's like, join us at 3 a.m. Yeah, yeah exactly. right. Exactly. When they did the player of the year. Kuala Lumpur. Uh, in France or whatever. It was awful because it was in the future. I think you had to watch it. What was it? Two or three in the morning to yeah, watch? Yeah, something like yeah. that. Um, but it, it, I got to watch it on Friday. I was obviously in Star City, Cincy on Saturday and Sunday. So I didn't get to watch a lot of coverage. But I'm going to say a couple things about it. One, it was really cool that you could you could watch coverage on your phone. Yeah. And, like, it wasn't just the top eight. It was just all day, like, streaming. You had BDM and, you know, the rest of the crew getting in there, talking about magic. And it was just, it was insane. Like, I was sitting at my, in my desk doing work on a, week, on a weekday, which was really nice. Because I usually, I come in whenever there's Star City or Pro Tours and listen to it while I do work. That was really cool. Um, I did have one quip, and I actually noticed a few other people say this about their coverage. You know, we, we have a couple of friends that were over in Hawaii and competed, and it was very difficult to get non-feature match coverage. The, the pairings were posted very, very late. Like, they didn't update the website quick enough. Yeah, that's, um, It that's, was just a little annoying. Like The way that they do things, I guess, is that it goes through... Oh, what I've heard is it goes through the standard... Um, process of getting content on the web so it basically has to go through an editor before mm-hmm. it goes up at least that's how it used to be and so they'll yeah you're right the 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 written stuff you know you write a feature match it goes to somebody who then has to do a quick one over edit and then post it and so it just takes a while it's a lot of data entry too so i'm not yeah. like denying that there's a there's a big component to getting it on the internet but um it, it just sucked like I, I know that between rounds one and five uh, or actually, I should say, between rounds three and seven, I was looking at the coverage to see, like, oh, okay, they're in round five. I should be able to see, like, what the pairings were. And they had, like, pairings from round two posted. And it's like, yeah, eh, that's a little annoying. So you have to, you know, get the get the word on the street from people. But they're so Literally, busy. Twitter, everyone was tweeting. Right. Well, no, Twitter. Everyone was on Twitter. No, Twitter is, is definitely the innovation there. But, like, if you're not, if you don't have Twitter, how are you getting connected? Exactly. Like, people, right. they're not gonna, no one's going to take time to, like, get their phone out and send text updates. I will say that... Uh, it's it's very funny to be complaining about this. Not not I, sh- I shouldn't say like, I don't mean this in a complaining way. It's more constructive. Right, like, but here's an area of improvement. You know, even with Magic, you know, f- even five years ago, there was nothing, literally nothing. Yeah. yeah. Well, I loved. See, I love written coverage. I, I used to love when they did the blogs and the, and the oh, photos. Oh yeah, I, and... I'm upset that they've stopped doing that. Like, there's. It's not that you can only do one or the other. I think that you could have blogs still happening. Like, this happens for poker tournaments a lot, where you'll have poker writers shadowing known pros and stuff like that, and they'll be updating their blogs. I don't know why you can't do that for this kind of... I mean, it takes more writers, obviously, going to the events. But I don't know why you can't do that for, like, day two. If you don't make day two, we'll pay you some amount of money 
to shadow Finkel or shadow yeah, cool. Yelger or someone, you know. Right. I, I remember, you know, when friends would go to Pro Tours, I, I, the one that I recently remember because there was a lot of our, our Ohio group that went there was Germany. Uh, was it Berlin? Berlin, Berlin. yeah. And the coverage was not good there. No, not but, but I remember, like, how it was fun to F5 the page. But, like, I, I enjoyed, like, okay, well, I want to see how these guys are doing, and I'd F5, F5. And then the parents would be posted. Well, they have to cover it live, which I never... I was always watching the video in full screen, so I just never really following cover it live, but I don't know how... So I don't know how well that worked. You need to have, like, a bat cave set up where you've got, like, 15 uh, different, like, screens Well, I had two monitors, like but I was playing a game on the first one. Well, that's why you need the Batcave set up, so you can play a game yeah. on these three with the widescreen, and then you'll have the updates, and then you'll have the security the, cameras. The and, yeah. six. So this is our first, well, I shouldn't say first, this is our second big tournament with Standard in it. I mean, we had a pretty stacked top eight, at least yeah, this, four major, major ringers. Right. Um, four and, Hall of Famers or will be Hall of Famers. Yeah, and then I, a couple people that I don't necessarily... Oh, and she... Pinnacle put uh put lines on all the players. yeah that's, that's insane awesome that's is insane. that going to take off and going to keep going they have them they already have uh, lines up for Pro Tour uh, Absent Restored really wow yeah you can bet on um well okay if you are not in the United States because you're not allowed to bet with Pinnacle in the United right, States of course it's legal um, but if you were in Europe for instance you can bet on whether or not a uh, to- a Hall of Famer will top eight whether or not a Hall of Famer will win it. Uh, individual players on them top eighting, I believe, is our line. Yeah. So like, I saw I saw a couple people talking on on uh, on the on Twitter that Conley opened at like eight point two to one, and he's already gone down to like fourteen to one, and I, stuff like that. It's a very interesting. I like thing. The, I like the idea of it, but it definitely definitely could lead to like. Well, yeah, well, there are some there are some degenerates who yeah. play this. Well, game. he already said uh, um, Ten Knudsen, who um, Knudsen, sorry. Who uh, does it? I already said that he. Uh, th- they're low limit stuff lines, so you can't, you know, can't put like a thousand. Right. I, I guess what I heard was uh, put a grand on LSV for me, please. Well, we might do a thousand dollars, but you can't do enough that's just worth it for throwing it for somebody. Right. Like right. Uh, somebody else on Twitter, uh, Andrea Schubert, mentioned that she had done some work with the XFL, and the XFL, I guess, had which was like WWE's M- uh, thing, and I guess they mm-hmm. had betting in Vegas, but they had really low limits because the people who played in the XFL didn't get paid much money. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like, it, yeah, it, high be- incentive it becomes, you know, if, if, you, if you go, well, you can put up to $100,000 on, then guess what? Some teams put, you know, all those teams, all the, the other teams going to get all this money on it, and then their players are going to play real bad. More like at the NFL, you know, there's so much, these players are going to play so much right, money, but yeah. there's, no, there's no incentive to, to, you know, throw a game over it. Yeah, and the money involved at Pro Tours is so much less than the XFL. That right. If if you know Brian Kibler could bet you know forty thousand dollars that he'll lose his quarterfinals match. Okay, well forty thousand yeah, dollars on there. It's, it's not necessarily something that I don't. I think is. I like the idea of it, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do it. I definitely don't. Of course, because you're in the yeah. United States. Well, even if I lived in Aruba or so, whatever. So let's talk deckless. I mean, we got we got a new, brand new standard format. We we uh, explored the results of Star City Richmond. Had some pretty cool decks. Um, brand new deck from Mister Johnny Magic himself, using a couple Avacyn restored cards. Uh, well, d- Dark Ascension. Uh, Dark Ascension. Yes. Sorry. Sam Black actually designed the deck. Yes. Sam Black. He started the deck. Okay. And so Sam th- Black uh, got 
twenty second or something. Yeah, something like that. He he didn't do well in the draft. He started off. Well, he started off like o three or o two. Oh, that's right. And then he was like pretty much one out. Right. Well, also, uh, John Finkel decided to not lose on sun on uh, Sunday or Saturday, or second day, which is hilarious. To just run through everybody to make top eight. But yeah, sorry. So, continue. so he's he's playing a it's sort of like a souped up. It's like what the Illusions deck wanted it to be, right? With a lot of value spells, so it's it's a basically a lingering souls deck uh, with with Drog Skull Captain, Drog Skull Captain, Phantasmal Image, Dungeon Guys, Dungeon just a lot of. Yeah, I, I was surprised that not a ton of people had seen the interaction between Drog Skull Captain and Phantasmal Image, which I'm disappointed in myself that I didn't see. Yeah. It. Well, it's this deck is really aggro. I mean, yes. if you look at it, it it has it only has two mana leaks, and then everything else is just to like get into the red zone. It has. Jataxian Probe and Ponder to sort of like make sure that you have the gas you need or the and and, and uh, information you need to be able to well, it also make profitable flips Delvers with Ponder absolutely, um, and, and then that has the Snapcaster Reaper Snake that we've all come to love slash hate in this format except that, I think except it's the, sure, um, and then just a really solid mana base that the, the sideboard is just kind of like all over the place is, which was the first thing that I noticed it's just. It's like a lot of one-offs. It's very Gabriel Nassif. Um, right. But... Uh, it seems to me that what happened was they put a lot of one-offs in the sideboard because they didn't really know what the format was going to look like. Incorrect. Really? So, when you have snap four Snapcatcher's main, you want, to, uh, you want a more varied suite of threats. Fair enough. Because you get to... Um, you get to replay stuff, and, like... For instance, if you were like, okay, we have four divine offerings, right? Well, you kind of have eight divine offerings. Right. You don't That's... a, you don't need that many divine offerings, but you know there are other situations where you need different cards. Where you need to restore or uh, revoke existence instead. Right. And so, um, Snapcaster Mage lets you play like you know like one or two of some random cards. Sure. And you have you know it's like well you know it's kind of like well I play a lot of decks you know you just play like three divine offerings against Cobbloid. Well, you don't need three now. You can really just play like one or two. Like, because you don't want to draw it early. You want to draw it mid to late game, but you want to draw two of them. Well, you draw two of them because you have a Snapcaster Mage. Yeah, that's fair. And uh, and a lot of them are just like to bring his deck up to the four of. Are all the one offs so in the sideboard instants and sorceries? Uh, except the, there's um, Phantasmal Image and Revoke. Just an, an extra Phantasmal To bring up the four. And there's like, and then it's like two It's like the extra guys and four. extra gut shots. And, and it's right. interesting. So it's like he has a 75 card deck that he can only run 15 of. It, or put 15 of them on the sideboard at a time, and then he'll shuffle the sideboard into it in between games and just take out 15 cards that he thinks this will be the This would be the kind of sideboard that you would definitely want to do that with. And it would also be one that, if you are a person who hasn't played this deck, do not make do sure yeah, make sure you check your sideboard. Right. Because I remember playing like any gift stack. You're done. Any yeah. gift stacks or wish deck, there was like always the, 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 the problem with yep. that. Um, actually, the deck that I played at Star City this past weekend was in a Light and Tutor deck. And every card in my sideboard was a was mm-hmm. a tutor's uh, target, and so every time when I get done with the match, I'm like, oh, I have to remember I'm only running one explosives in the main deck, but it's very hard to catch that when like you, you know you flip through. I actually caught myself. I was right about to present my deck, and I'm like, yeah, I should probably do another check, and I did. I had an extra explosives in my main there deck. I just had a hunch. So, um, but yeah, I mean, this deck is 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 really. I mean, this is an awesome deck. Dungeon Geist people have been talking about, like, is it a real card? This is definitely it, yeah, it's clearly a, it's a real a card. Yeah, it's a Frost Titan that you can actually cast in an aggro deck. Yeah, and it's, so. and it's not... There's not a lot of stuff that, 
that kills it that you just don't mind your opponent using the removal to kill right. your guy. I mean, it only costs four mana. Plus, so. you've got Droxwell Captain, so it's possible that it's a 4-4 four, four with Shroud. You know, so... Yeah, right. And, and it, if, if Lightning Bolt wasn't were in the format, then we'd probably have a different conversation. But, I mean, chaining the Captains and getting yeah. images and stuff. I mean, image on that guy is really good, too. Yeah. Right. So... Um, so, uh, other ringers in the top eight, PV played just a pretty standard Wolf Run deck, uh, Kippo played a Wolf Run deck, and we should probably s- maybe put a little mini segue into the video that everybody's probably seen it before. Right, there's the, well, they've done it, they've taken the video and put the, uh, the subtitles for pretty much everything, like when... When Tom Brady lost the yeah. Super Bowl, they did... The, the, the footage from uh, Downfall. Yes, which is a movie about uh, the last days of Adolf Hitler. And somebody thought it would be funny to, in German, to change the subtitles to, like, just irreverent things. Yes. And so, like, you know, uh, someone's like, well, at least, you know, like, you know, whatever, some movie's coming out this year, and they're just like, uh, you know, uh, it's quiet. It actually got delayed till next year. What? Right. He flips out. <laughs> this is it's one scene, and, like, it, I mean... Literally, there are thousands. If you look up, if you look up Hitler Finkel Kibler video thing, then you'll you'll be able to find. It's very funny. So the the reason that I I imagine this person decided to make this video was there. There was a a play, and I did not see this because, like I said, I was at Star City. I had to watch it after the fact. There was a couple ridiculous events. There were two. One was the top deck whip flare in game four. Right. He could have drawn uh, some other stuff, too. Right, there was some other stuff, but he t- he had to talk so that. Okay, so walk us through what the play was. Let's Give me the game state, okay. explain so, what the background is, and why it's... Why so it's it's, it's game five, and... Deciding yeah. uh, Kib- semifinals. Right. Uh, Finkel had, I believe, six lands, uh, and he attacks... Uh, he's at ten life, and he attacks... Uh, Finkel attacks Kibler down to, like, four or something. And so he has out, um, so he had out uh, a couple spirits. So, I said five spirits out. So what he does is, he know, he already knows that Kibler has a, um, a Galvanic Blast in his hand. And so he flashes back Lingering Souls and passes. Well, uh, he... The, so the now re- he has four lands. Right, he has four lands. And the reason he had done that was that uh, if uh, Kibler plays an Inferno Titan, Right, he can Snapcaster back the mana well, well, no. that's in his bin. Uh, right, right. And, um, well, the reason, the whole reason he did that is that if, uh, if Kibler casts an Inferno Titan and he can get it to resolve, then it's going to kill enough spirits right. that it would, uh, it would just basically wipe out. It would, it would get enough so that Kibler would be, would survive the attack back. And then once he attacks the Inferno Titan, like, that's just game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so uh, he does that. But that is not what Kibler has. It's like the scene in Rounders where it's like, you know, he's yeah. like, uh, uh, somebody says aces. Oh, I don't have aces. He flopped the nuts, turns out. Right, because then Kibler's just like, all right, activate my Ink Moth now. Or plays a Sphere of the Suns or something. Activate Nexus. Go back and blast you. Okay. Oh, first he attacks with the wolf token. Well, Kibler... Uh, this is the big play. Right. And the thing is that Finkel can't block the Wolf Token. The, the plays that he has made, uh, he's playing around Inferno Titan. If he blocks the um, the Wolf Token, then he, like, dies to Inferno Titan. So he takes the, the Wolf Token damage, goes to 8, and Kibler's like, okay, Galvanic Blast you. All right, go to 4. Galvanic Blast you. Negate it. Galvanic Blast you. 
Right. It's just like awkward. And the, oh God, Landy Ho. Yeah, Landy Ho. Had the most amazing tweet. It was just like, uh, he, he quoted the last line of uh, Casey the Bat. Mm-hmm. Mighty Casey has struck, struck out. out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just. And through all the, you it's know. very classic. Landy Ho, for those of you that don't know, is an old school player that's friends with Finkel and them. And he was the one who was making the I Came to Game documentary. I don't know. And that is his real is. name, by the way. Yeah, Landy Ho. Right. Yeah, Land Ho. Sure. Uh, so, yeah, he's a fun guy. But, yeah, yeah that's a pretty guy. sick tweet. And that's what, I mean, that's and a so then everyone, well, unbelievable it, interaction. But, you know, you know of course, uh, the, the optimal play, I guess, would have been to just not cast anything. Yeah. And then be able to snapcast her back, the mana leak, and have the gate. Uh, I don't know, you know, and I think that he realized it afterwards. But, you know, for us watching at home, it's so dramatic because we see Kibler has two galvanic blasts. Right. Mm-hmm. And we're just like, oh, my God, what's he going to draw? And he, like, draws, like, the third galvanic blast. Right. It's like, oh my god! And the odds of getting Metalcraft in that deck are not particularly high, but but he also has you know like three Sears of the Suns, right? And in Inkmoth Nexuses, and and he has Solemn Simulacrums, right? In the deck, yes. Yeah. So, so he has so he, has, he has the possibility. It's just not likely, right? And he hit it gonna... and burned him out, and it yeah. was kind of. And now everyone is. Everyone at home can see this happening because they yeah. they know what's going on. Yeah, they're, being I, back, they're being backseat. I think it's important, and, right? Of course, they're they're uh, hindsight's twenty twenty. Monday uh, Monday morning quarterbacks is yes. the term. I think. <laughs> All right. All of these sayings that the English majors knew. Um, anyway, so the I think it's it's not, it's important to not underestimate how bad of a matchup uh, Finkel had. I don't think it was that bad. It it was pretty bad, especially when the pilot sitting across from me is four main deck flag storms. That's yeah. awful for Kibler. No, for Finkel. I mean, for Finkel. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. Kibler had Kibler playing. Yeah, no, I mean, he's, like, got, he's got galvanic blasts, which are one man ways to take down the drug skull captains, and like, you know, it's it's not it's not a good matchup. Yeah. They were the other thing that I saw. They were tweeting that. Uh, uh, Finkel and Kibler were playtesting the semifinal matchup against each other before they went on camera. <laughs> so That's I thought that was pretty classy. That's cool. um, you know, because both of them knew that, that they were both going to play well, and it's not like they were hiding anything from each other. So it was, it was an, it, uh, it's tough to say that it was as memorable as like the Craig Jones Lightning Helix. Or as the uh, Nasif Chapin mirror match, where Chapin had or uh, uh, Nasif had to dodge like half the cards in his hand. Yeah. In no, no I, don't, I don't believe that at all. No. You know, but it's it, because of the characters involved, it was very captivating. Yeah. So, uh, just to kind of recap the rest of the top eight, um, we have one Birthing Pod deck, and then a few other uh, Tempo decks, and then a. Um, the other yeah, Wolfhorn deck. So, I mean, pretty... I, I, I don't want to say that it's not, like, the most diverse top eight, but it's not the most diverse top eight. Sure. Well, the other thing that, about that is that a lot of a lot of decks may, did really well, but the pilots uh, faltered in the draft portion. Uh, the mono green deck from the Star City series did well, but uh, there were, t- like, two or three people that had, like, 18 points or better with the mono green deck, and... They just didn't do well in the draft portion, I guess. Um, right, and we don't... The other thing is they didn't list out the number of points per deck. Yeah. They did just the names of everyone who did better than a certain record. So we don't really know how how each deck did without doing some analysis on it, which we were too lazy to do. Um, and, like... I'm sure someone will, but... It, it's kind of like Big Shocker. Like, the question is, okay, did Channel Fireball break the format, or 
did they give a pretty good deck to a bunch of people on Channel Fireball? Right. right. That's always a question. Like, so, like, say, like, I, I which pers- we will find out over the next couple weeks right. because idiots are going to take these decks to Star City opens, right? And it, it, it could, it's, I suppose, we don't know the answer. If, if like, if half the field is Wolf Run and four of them make top eight, then you know that's like when Doran was the most explosive deck in, in extended for like two weeks. And everyone brought Doran to the tournament, and then four people top aided with it, and then people were like, "Oh, Doran's not that good of a deck." Well, the, yeah, it's the, a lot like could be like that. The format changed before between the Pro Tour and fine. You understand? Right, no, I, so, I, I, I don't actually don't like the Wolf Run deck that much. I think that uh, I think it was an okay deck, and I think that even a lot of members of Channel Fireball were not particularly overwhelmed by it. But I mean, it put up okay. It put up fairly good numbers, and obviously, the people who did well. Did very well in the draft portion too. So I just want to comment on the last of the Wolfron decks, or actually, it would be the third Wolfron deck in the top eight. Um, the Momoru Nagai played a black green Wolfron deck, and he ran four main deck Grave Titans. Yeah. Wow. And then his other every day he's tightening. Yeah, he's yeah. His, it's just like his acceleration. game plan is get to six mana. Yeah. Four rampant growth, four sphere of suns. To be fair, four solemn, it's exactly it's exactly like what Hitler said in the Hitler video. It's a it's an easy deck to, to play. You just play rampant growth. Yeah, that's, the, why, the, he, that's uh, why he said it. So the upsetting thing to me about the finals, uh, eight, sorry, Adolf Hitler, unlikely voice of reason. <laughs> Proceed. <laughs> okay. Ah, <laughs> um, oh, geez, following that one up. Uh, I I I didn't like the finals because I don't feel that that deck has a particularly good mirror matchup. No, no. It's miserable. You know, and it's kind of like a PB was, you know, fairly heavily favored in the finals because he got to play all, you know, he got to choose play first. And you're talking about a deck that has very, like, you know, you can't stop the ramp approach, you can't stop the Seer of the Suns game one, or any, really any game. Uh, and all you have to do is, if, you know, if you're on the play and you just go, Turn two sphere, turn three or ramp growth, turn three solemn, turn four There's very little interaction. Turn four titan. Aside I mean, from like Huntmaster yeah. and like Well, the other thing is that Huntmaster has a miserable interaction in a mirror match. Yes. Because it yeah. really matters which one, like who flips first. And it's gonna be <laughs> over the next several weeks of F and M people are gonna be like, Alright, so who's flips first? Uh who gets to do damage first? I don't understand. You My, want, and then your head explodes. Right. Shoot. The thing is that you want to flip during your opponent's turn. Mm. So what ends up happening... is active player, non-active player. Right. So, like, if I'm, if it's if it's my turn... You're just going right, to shock your opponent. My, yeah, my opponent's like, that does nothing, right? We're probably just going to shock their, their wolf guy. Yeah. Sure, sure. But, like, if it's your turn, right, uh, and, and it goes to flip, you, you put yours in the stack, your opponent puts theirs in the stack... There's flips, yeah. and they're like, two damage. Who am I going to do two damage to? I know you're a wolf oh, guy. Yeah, obviously. And your guy's dead, you're going to do a damage. So, you know, it's like, oh, uh, it's it's just like fairly miserable. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so, so you know, you, you, you get each player has one out, and it's just like this thing where they're just like, I everyone's just like, I got, you know, I got to cast a turn. I got to cast a spell this turn. Or I don't want to cast a spell, but your opponent's like, I got to cast a spell during my opponent's turn. Because they don't, they don't want to cast a spell. It just seems like... There was enough text on that card already that uh, I didn't think that we needed that sort of interaction. Yeah, yeah but you don't want to have it as all the time. It but is. you don't want to have it as legendary because no, no. legendary flip creatures are really awkward because you can have the same creature and play twice. Oh it's yeah, it's not the same name, right? So like I'm like aha, I'll play my hunt master right. Then That's it flips. Awful. Then you play your hunt master and it's fine. 
until like the first hump master flips over, then they both die. Right. And it's like, how, how he gets to trigger it anyway, right? It's, yeah, but it's like, in how, this does, fantasy it's world like how does this work? Where it's just like, okay, it's like, you know, you know, the legendary idea is okay. You're summoning like one creature out of the multiverse, and like if your opponent summons the same thing, if you're fighting over it, so they both like you lose, you, like you both lose it. But it's just like it's not the same, and then all of a sudden you're just like it turns from back from a werewolf back to a human, and it's like oh wait, it's the same guy. <laughs> so to go to keep going on with uh, Huntmaster, I just wanted to briefly review. Dark Ascension had a huge impact on Pro Tour Dark Ascension, which first of all I am upset that it's not Pro Tour Honolulu. And it's, they call it the Pro Tour Dark Ascension, just as a nomenclature thing. It's actually but, really smart for them. It's, it's smart it's for them. It's probably pretty smart because well, two things. It's smart for them because guess what? It they're they're lining the Pro Tours up now with set releases. So you always you know, you know, but like if I'm just like okay, what Pro Tour right did you play in? I'm like well, so I played in like London, which was uh. uh Savers Kamigawa, I played in, and like you know, you get right. Through a so ball. yeah, for organization purposes, I guess it's better. What'd you but, play in? Dark Ascension and this one and that one. It's like it just it's a lot easier to say. So you you know, know where like you know what what the set was means it's like easier to remember. Yeah. But if you look at the top decks, I mean, Dark Ascension had a huge impact. Like even if you just look at the top eight, you had Dungeon Geists, Lingering Souls, and Huntmaster of the Fells, and Drogskull Captain all had huge impacts in the top eight, right? But there were a couple cards that were uh, conspicuously missing from the top eight. Mostly a uh, certain four-mana Planeswalker. Yeah. No Soren. No yeah. Soren, Lord of Innistrad, in the top eight. And there were only four Sword of Warpies. In the top eight? Yeah. Wow. Because yeah. the, the the thing is that, obviously, the, the ramp decks don't run it. Obvious supply shortages, you know. Yeah. It's sold out at $50 on site, like, the first... Sure. Real quickly. Um, and I, I think that card is better than... Um, than his performance as we can. Because if, if you look through the top... Well, Soren or Sword? Sword. If you look through the top decks you know, who performed well, they, a lot of, there were a lot yeah, of swords floating around. Swords. And to go on with the Dark Ascension theme, a lot of Stranglerud Geists. Yeah. It's also a pro tour. And, like, let's let's be honest, it's not necessarily the best place for a deck like that to pop up, unless it was the best deck. Yeah. And there was just no evidence that Black white tokens or sure. any other variation was the best deck. If you if you why don't you it, splash black instead of splashing blue in in the yeah. decks? That, yeah. So until we until we see what the power of those decks are, rather than just theorize like, oh yeah, we'll put four intentional virtue four onto the period. I mean, right? There is there is a soaring deck out there. I'm actually a little surprised that like if, if it's going to be anywhere, it would be in a deck like Finkel's, maybe to like break the mirror or something. Right. I, I don't know. I just. Just kind of in throw like, it out there. It could also have been in like some sort of Esper mid range deck, just as like a like an yeah, like, like yeah, some dorky there. some dorky artifact deck. Like maybe yeah. could use it to to like play play the role of like Mini Elspeth, yeah. find like Water Wraths. But like I I, I am not a hundred percent surprised to not see it here because again, like I'd be more I'd be more uh, uh, surprised if we didn't see it in like a Star City top eight because that's much more. And really, that's what, this is that. what happens with every format: is that the first week, the pro tour is like the, is you know the first week you have people who are brewing decks, and then you know because we're getting pro tours every set now, the second, first week is pretty much probably always going to be Star City event, and I think a lot of people are going to take uh, either their second best deck or like a fairly good deck. They're not, but they're not going to take their secret brew technology, and then the, then you get the pro tour where you get all the secret brew technology. Now the downside, of course, is there's all these limited rounds, and so. Somebody can like, you know, go, 
probably God, how many rounds were there? Uh, something like, uh, you know, they can just five, five and three or something, or five and four in uh, standard. But then, like, just sweep the draft and they can top eight, right? Which happens, or people who they or start vice off, versa. They start off the tournament, you know, like four oh five oh. They go like five one, and they just bomb the draft out, right? And they might have been able to, like, you know, to go like well, you know eight, eight and two or something with a, with their constructed deck, but they just didn't have enough rounds to do it, in. right? Um, and so we get you see a lot of new new decks. A lot of people who show up, of course, don't have this, you know, like the teams that you know that either um, like Sam Black, John Finkel, that had, or they don't have Channel Fireball team. And so, like, yeah, they're going to have suboptimal lists or older lists that don't do as well. So the next week, you know, you have people like, who are the good tuners, people like Jerry, are going to sort of make up the best decks that they can, that, that exist out of this. We'll see new decks pop up. You know, the, like, I seriously doubt the metagame in three to four weeks is the same metagame that we have. Well, of course, yeah. Uh, you know, Especially now that we have Star City opens, the metagame shifts much much more like it does on an right. MTGO. And it could which solve. Is, it could solve, like... There was a little concern before this that maybe Delver was just the, the format solver, and you know Dark Century comes out doesn't change enough, and so we're all just still playing Delver. Right. All I gotta say is I thank don't. God that they do new base sets now every year. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like when it first came out, I thought it was a little bit awkward because I'm like, oh, do you really need to do this every year? And now I like I really mm-hmm. now that the format gets solved so quickly, can you imagine if from the month of like. You know, we, I don't even know when the third set comes out. Uh, it's off like the top of my head. Or uh, April. Yeah. Something like that. From April to October, like the same May, format, people would, May, people yeah. would quit Magic. Yeah. But now you Absolutely. have in the middle of summer, you're like, okay. Cause Especially we, last summer. And it'd be every it other year. just Jay Stoneforge for another three months. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, it's right. like, and it's not just that. Like this year, we're definitely losing the Titans. There's no way they're printing right. them. And so we're going to well, see... Well, this this, it's the year of the dragon, you know. So we might get dragons. Ooh, I hope there's six drops, and I hope they have six Cone power. of play abilities. Come on. Or anything. There's Why don't we just types. reprint the... the Kamigawa dragons? Yeah. Because that would be miserable, and you know that. <laughs> well, the, the, um, but, like, the thing is that, you know, before, you know, every two years you got a base set, and it didn't really matter what was in the base set. It just, like, or it didn't matter what you could open the base set. Just what was in it. Because it's just what you could play. Exactly. Right. And so it's like, oh, I can play my old, you know, whatever. My Crucible Worlds of the Right. Yeah. And the magic has become, you know, it just gets solved so much faster because, the you know, magic online is so much more accurate than it used to be. Yeah. Uh, you have a lot of people open grinding series it out. Right. The open series has... has made a lot more active players. Right, and like, so... You don't people, just have FNM battlers anymore. People really just figure formats out pretty quickly, and so you have to have that constant change. You're right. The summer, which is supposed to be a great time for Magic, because people have, you know people don't have school, it's it's a good time to travel around. It used to be that like it was just kind of miserable because there weren't really any events. Yeah. And so if you were just playing Standard, like Standard had just gotten figured out already, so you just sort of played locally. It's like the opposite. You know how insane like, the last two summers have been for yeah. Magic? Yeah, oh my gosh. We have Gen Con, and this year Origins, which used to be a big Magic hub, is right. actually, I think Star City's trying to revive it. Yeah, because it, it got sort of vacated by everybody else. Yeah, um, Wizards uh, stopped, basically. Well, Worlds used to be there, right? No, the National. Nationals, Nationals used yeah. to be there. Um, and they do PTQs and stuff, and they kind of like died out to yeah. the point where um, I we did a booth last year, and yeah. we only had like maybe two other competitors in the entire, in the entire room. 
But this year's Star City is going to be there. Right, so it's going to um, be much bigger. Now, I'm talking, this is Midwest magic here. So if you're, yeah. if if you're, you're in somewhere else in the country, you then obviously, you know, you maybe have your own thing. But we have that. We have Gen Con. Um, we have all the Star City events, which which they've announced the schedule There's through. Grand Prix. They've uh, announced it through beginning of fall. Through, yeah, through, I think, August. Twice as many Grand Prix as we used to right. get. We have a lot of. In lot our of, area alone, we've got Indy, Columbus, Nashville, I think that's it yeah. off the top of my head, but still three yeah. over the summer. Like that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. and and uh, with Origins, the thing about Origins that that happened was Gen Con moved from Milwaukee to Indianapolis, mm. and you know, like, and they're, they're pretty close to the, within about a month of each other. And it's kind of like if, hey, so if you're a gamer, you get to choose. You have to choose. Do you go to Gen Con or right. Origins? If you only have so much money, you're going to choose. Right, or, or just, you know, if you have a job, you only have so much vacation time. Right. You can't be like, oh, I'm going to take off. Yeah. I get like three weeks of summer vacation. It's we, uh, Me and my wife just bought a calendar to map out pretty much every weekend yeah. from now until the fall. Good call. Like, you know, this weekend we're going to it's, – it's awesome. We have a really good end because her sister lives 10 minutes from the Indiana, Indianapolis Convention Center. Nice. So there's uh, there's two big events in Indianapolis. Yeah. Obviously, uh, or I'm sorry, three: Star City Indy, right? GP Indy, and Gen Con. Gen Con. So like, it's perfect because I don't mind going there, and it's obviously good points for me because I can spend sure. time with family too. So yeah. Um, but I'm I'm finding myself going to a ton of events where I I was kind of worried for a while because I used to be really into going to events like when I was you know between the ages of 15 to 20. Because it was really easy for me to like get up and go do that all day. Right. Now it's like I can't find the time as much. And Star City's like, well, look, we'll do a whole weekend. So you know, you yeah. don't. There's no excuses. Like Saturday, there's like four tournaments in yeah, one there's weekend. Four tournaments, and like you can even go. Um, I I played on Sunday, but I you know I, I didn't do as well, and I didn't end up uh, playing. But I just hung out with people. Sure, and had a blast doing that. So, but but. Maybe we can talk about so, that next. I got I got um, one more card I wanted to talk about. All right. Well, Evolving Wilds was the land that all of us, cho- that Sam and I at least, chose to be the top land yeah. to be played. And that sort of bombed out. I bet I chose Seacrum Coast. Yeah, yeah, probably, but because yeah. yeah, what sucks is that I went to uh, the like the day before. I tried to change my roster on my phone and didn't stick. Mm. So like I had Intangible Virtue and I changed to Honor the Pure and I had uh, I had some Titan now changing from Evil Titan and I had. Um, I don't remember what the other card was. There was some other card that I changed. The Ratchet Bomb? No, I yeah. had Ratchet Bomb already. What was the number one artifact? Number one artifact was Sword of War and Peace. Number two was Ratchet Bomb. Yeah. And I think there was one other card. I think it was the, maybe it was the instant that I wanted to change to... From Mana Leak to something else? To Mana Leak from Gutshot. To Mana Leak from Gutshot. Yeah, yeah, And then, like, none of those took, so I was like, ah. The other things I wanted to briefly talk about, to touch on, were uh, I thought... Okay, so the, one of the big discussions weeks ahead of the tournament was, what's going to be Earl the Miststalker this time around? Right. Right, because Honolulu is an island and card availability is an issue, and Earl the Miststalker, everyone was like, hey, this is a 5-5 that no one can touch, put it in my deck. You know what right. I mean? Right, and everyone was playing 5 colors. So, and everyone yeah. plays 5 colors at the time, so they were like, what, what can we play that can actually win a game? And so Earl the Miststalker went, like, triple in price... For no More than that, it was like a $5 one, it was it sold for like 35 I think it sold out on the side of 35 That's, or something. I mean, it just got ridiculous. So people were trying to predict what the card was going to be. My prediction was Havengul Lich. Are either of you surprised that Havengul Lich hasn't really done anything? Cause it's no. The, because after Soren, it was the most expensive mythic that came out of Dark Ascension. So two things. One, uh, you have to be playing a pretty much an Esper deck. 
because there's a lot of decks that play um, creatures that you will not be able to get out of their... You know, you can't get anything out of... Well, I guess you can get the, the artifacts out of Tempered Steel. But you can't get that much from Tempered Steel. You can't get that much from... Uh, like, the, the ramp decks, like, what do you get? You can get... I guess you can get, you know, their... Um, Solemns. Their like. Solemns, but you can't get that much out of them. Like so you, we would have needed a five-color deck. It's also a control. It's also a control card, right? And so I guess you. But play it's a, a Dirkwood board. Like it's a four mana. Five, it's a five mana four. Right. Four. But the thing is that one of the main decks is the um, is you know uh, well the, the humans deck became much more resilient to Wrath of God. Okay. Which is a problem because they just have the the phantasmal image plus the human that flips card combo. You know the the guy the this guy's name, but it's a human that flips Loyal Cathar. Loyal Cathar, right? Oh, that's Well if the Phantasmal right. image of Loyal Cathar, when the Phantasmal image dies, it comes back into play. It can't flip, but it comes back into play, it targets the Loyal Cathar and it just can stay around forever. Hmm. So if they wrath, you're just like, alright, still have four power. Um, and then the obviously the devil decks are just just eat control for breakfast because that's what Delver decks do. Right. So it was kinda like not like it was not yet the tournament to play control. And so I think that over time, having the Lich might pick up because people figure out how to play blue-black and what, what needs to be in the deck. But that is a deck that I think emerges midway through the season. Fair it's enough. not like a week one deck. You really have to tune it to the metagame. Right. The la- and, and Zombies didn't do that well. Do you think that that's just uh, a... Uh... I think it's the same, same reason Soren didn't do well. It's just... One, I think that's more... I won't say... I think that's more like Timmy slash... I mean, you look at what the deck that won, that's a pretty Timmy deck. I shouldn't say Timmy, it's it's more um it's like a mix of Timmy and Spike. Right, it's like an F and M kind of thing. Yeah, it's like, Ooh, mono very, black cards. Yeah, I think that we, we, we got into this a lot on um on when we when I did taps and talked about the possibility of playing mono black. And I think that it has a lot of the tools, but it just I just don't think it's the best deck right now. Like, like Dross Messenger is incredibly powerful. Um, my experience playing him has mostly just been in the context of Cube. But, um, you know, it's funny. We, we just had this conversation, Cube, uh, Cubing the other night, which was, um, you know, there's a couple things that Wizards did from a design perspective that was really important on Messenger. Uh, one of which is costing him at triple black. Because if you cost him at black like one, he's incredibly easy to, to get out. I think that he would probably be... A problem. Uh, the other one is if you if you do not have him enter the battlefield tapped, then like he becomes ridiculous. And it's 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 like these little these little safety valves that they put on. Right. They're like, okay, well, just in case. I mean, he's still very good, and he's still the he's still the three drop that you want in that deck. But there's just no incentive to be playing the you know mono black and and not being able to hit your fourth land drop if you're trying to play like fast lands and stuff is is pretty rough. So. I don't know. I think, uh, like I said, I think we'll probably see more of those like pop up at F and M's. If we see one do well, like a Star City event, then you'll probably see them happen a lot more. But um, yeah, but I, I'd like to talk about Star City Cincy a little bit because yeah, that, that event was, was, was uh, this past weekend. It was super fun. Um, that's one, obviously, that we we've been talking about um, getting getting pumped up to to go to, but Sam and Ruben weren't able to go due to other obligations. Um, so I went and represented. The Contention Podcast team, and um, it seemed like all the podcasts were there. The, all the yeah. podcasts were there. Yeah, it was it was insane. The um, A team was there. Seriously. Yeah, the A team. We uh, got him back. I I got in on Saturday, and um, like I was real flustered to try and get to the tournament site uh, because I was trying to get my legacy deck together. I knew I was going to play on Sunday, 
And um, like legacy is is rough. Like if you're just putting it together last minute, especially if you have like a fairly big collection, because it's like okay, well you need like you know you need Jason Mind Sculptor, and then you need Enlightened Tutor, and then wait, but then you also need uh, uh, Sensitive Divine Top, and then you know Counter Top Topter, whatever. Like it just there's like all these different sets, and they're like all rares, uncommons, like. So I have to I have to right. put them all together, and it, it took and, me and like it's a, not like standard where you can be like, "What are you missing?" I, I need two sword worn pieces and something else. It's like, "What do you need?" It's like, "Well, so I need a moat." Yeah, yeah, and, exactly. And, strategic, and this card you've never heard of. Uh, from yeah, I need, I need moats, strategic planning, and like a primal order. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I couldn't think of anything. Wait, like and that. that's it. Yeah. So opalescence, transcendence. What else do I need? Just some weird things. Yeah, you know? replenish and attunement. Um, no, but it was just, it, 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 I was kind of chuckling at it because I have very big long boxes that I keep everything in and, uh, you're, you're right. To build a standard deck is super easy because I have one, uh, 5,000 count box that has all of the legal sets. And so you're like, okay, what do you need? Well, I need a sword. Okay. When you go to Mirrodin. And, uh, so I had to sift through all this stuff and it was like super flustery and whatever, but I uh, got to the tournament site and, um, you know, got to see everybody. And like the first, one of the first people I see is Scotty Mack. Uh, from the A team, and uh, dude's just actually way taller than I than I thought, <laughs> thought it was. Uh, How tall is he? He's uh, he's probably six four, maybe. Jeez. I mean, he's pretty tall. He's about, he's about as tall as you. What are you six four? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I uh, got to, got to uh, to meet him finally, and he was in the the standard portion, and he was actually doing really well. Um, so I I was uh, rooting him on, and he got some bad beats in the later rounds, but I believe he was feature matched. He did get a feature match. Um, and uh, there were 600 players. Our deck got a feature match. Our Okay, so we were, uh, Cranny and I were joking on oh, Twitter yeah. with Mary Jacobson. Mary Jacobson doesn't <laughs> take standards seriously. Uh, at Makeupson on Twitter, if you want to. Anyway, she doesn't take standards seriously. Like, I need a deck. Uh, I'm playing, and we were also talking about uh, Reckless Charge. And then Cranny was like, you should play Reckless Waif on Saturday, since so you can be general, and play Reckless Charge on Sunday, so you can be generally reckless. And then he's like, hashtags SCG Reckless. And then I tweeted, uh, play 30 checklist cards, four Moon Mist, and three Full Moons Rise. Like, as a joke. And I was like, hashtag Transformers, hashtag The Dark of the Moon, and some other stupid idiot jokes that I made about werewolves. But she next level trolled us by actually playing the deck, started 2-0 and got a feature match. That's awesome. Which was unreal. But didn't didn't do well because she was playing werewolves. Well, it was apparently the third largest Star City Yeah, yeah. 600 players for day one, or sorry, just say day one, for the standard portion, which is, which was approximately 10 rounds of sure. uh, of Swiss. That's more than half of an American GP. Right? This, this, that's just, like, amazing that, like, a non-Wizards tournament got that many people. And um, then they, they're not putting another SCG event anywhere within driving distance of Ohio like another two months which is a huge misclick on the scheduling half i think they'll i i think that they'll realize that like i mean the midwest is a huge hub for magic i would not be surprised yeah but they have like a midwest one every few months like you don't want to have them all in the same area at the same time because people get burnt out that's fine but you've also got like once a quarter is not don't you have like two in florida in like a four in like a four or five okay from the tip to tip it's like 12 hours that's fair yeah so so here's the thing we have uh, you're right. We had the one here. It sounded dirty. Also, you don't want to put too many in the Midwest in the winter. That's a good point, right? And so people were complaining some about like, well, how come they're not? Well, we did. They 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 purposely scheduled more of them 
in areas where like they wouldn't have to worry about like well random snowstorm and there's like 50 people that shows up. So, but but we have uh, Columbus, Indianapolis, and Michigan all within like about a month of each other. Right, and isn't there one in Detroit? Yeah, also? Michigan. Yeah, Michigan. Um, yeah. So the standard it's, portion it's was um, was very long and arduous, and uh, I actually want to shout out another person that I got to meet finally face to face, which was Joy Pasco, and um, he was smaller than you expected. No, he's he's, he's my size. How tall are you? Like five, nine, ten. How old are you? I thought he was shorter than that. Well, I met him. Maybe not. Well, anyway, he, you, this is not a so, so I I, uh, I got to finally meet Joey, and I just got to say, like Joey and Scotty Mac, their online personalities, I really I really like. I like listening to them on podcasts, but like hanging out with them in person was just awesome. Um, Got to actually spend a lot more time than I thought being able to hang out with Joey because I thought he would just be like booth, booth, booth all the time. Mono booth, mono booth, and uh, and he got they actually give them pretty significant breaks. Yeah, and so he would come over like where we were just kind of hanging out, cubing, whatever, and he would just hang out and you know and and uh, we would as we would go out and, and do food orders, we would get him food and stuff, and like I, I couldn't believe how much time they let him have, which was super nice because. He was able to actually enjoy it because he was right. doing a 10, 10 rounds of coverage plus finals plus, plus a nine round legacy yeah. plus finals. Right. I mean that's that takes it out of you. And uh, so I super huge shout out to uh, to Joey and um, and Scotty Mac. But well, uh, you remember watching the coverage before they really gave them any breaks? Oh yeah. Like the end of legacy, they're just like. Eh. <gasps> oh yeah. I, I actually I think I even said something to him because he he was one of the only. People that I can remember, because uh, like Gavin Verhey doesn't do the coverage anymore, obviously, and then a couple other people that do the coverage don't do it. But like, I remember watching them. And I think I said this in the last episode, like watching them like at work. I'd go into work around like two o'clock in the afternoon, and thinking like, oh wow, well they've been doing this all morning and all weekend. And then I'm home at night, like after I'm done eating dinner, I'm like in my jammies, like practically getting ready to go to bed, and they're just sitting there like, it looks like he. Drew his swords to plowshare. He's going to cast them. Like, man, they've been doing this since like 9 a.m. this morning, and they have not stopped. They because they did no breaks. Now they do intermissions, which is extremely smart. Which is good for them, but not for the audience. Yeah, it's it kind of sucks. I gotta admit. Well, like the thing was, it was always really awkward when you're sitting around going. They're just like, well, let's pull up a motor deck. Exactly, and and some people liked the like banter that you would have like on Twitter and, and when they used to have the chat feed. Um, I, I did not care for it. I did not care to watch Momir big games or like, you know, opening up random packs. Like I just don't care. I'd rather them get somebody in the booth and talk to them, which yeah, they, they did do some interviews. frequently. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you said jammies, jammies. I just wanted to point that out to the audience. Yeah. I, I like jammies. I just think of that. Um, there's a, there, there's too. a SNL, uh, uh, digital short, about jammies. Yes. <laughs> that involved uh, James Franco and a bunch of... Mer- and, uh, I oh, that. yeah. The, the jammy shuffle. Look it up. It's hilarious. Um, the uh, so, so the standard portion happened. Then we all went out to dinner. We had like a 16-person group. Uh, Did you guys credit card game? God, no. Okay, just checking. No. And um, then afterward was when the real festivities began. So J-Cal... Right. Our our uh, kindred spirit from the bridge, and uh, and his other cronies, um, Taylor Gunn and uh, Jack Wagon, 
Jack Wagon's in New Hampshire, so he got he got burned. Um, and he got bitten by a spider, though, so it's all worked out. Yeah, that's uh, karma. Gets, that that spider's coming for you, son. He it. gets the worst beats. <laughs> Just bit by spider, alcohol poisoning. Like he's gonna get stabbed. His, li- his life here. is pretty nice, so I well, don't yeah. Think so it's all evening out. Yeah, he just he spider. just like lives at home, has a good job, and a hot girlfriend, and like. then gets bit by a spider. I had a hilarious girlfriend. Did you listen to the most recent? Yeah, I did. Bridges? Or no, not most. Oh, recent. actually, I want to shout out another person. person. I got to finally meet Adam Prozac. Yes, he's Prozac awesome. is the nuts. and he was. He's, he's, he's like the, the person that I had the idea of, in my head of how much I would like to hang out with him based yes. on, like, he's friends with all of my friends and I've never met him. And so I actually did get to meet him and keep with him and he was just, like, super chill, awesome guy. Just the coolest. And, and, uh, and then he proceeded to win the Legacy. Yeah, so he, he wins Legacy on Sunday. So I'll get to that. But so Saturday night, we, we did a podcast with the bridge. So Peter, Mark Lawyer, all those guys, they're into icing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Now, icing in, in Columbus, the way that you do it, is you carry a um, thing of Smirnoff, Smirnoff ice. Yeah. You carry it on your person. And then when you want to ice somebody, you just walk up to one of your friends, you're like, here you go, and you hand them the Smirnoff. Well, what they have to do if they want to participate in the ice game is either submit their Smirnoff that they carry on themselves and be like, look, you can't ice me, I have an ice on me. Or if they're like, oh, you got me, I don't have, I don't have a Smirnoff on me. They have to get down on one knee, point toward this guy, and then down the, the Smirnoff. No, I thought the whole world's icing was he had to, like, hide a Smirnoff. No, 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 no. This is the Columbus way. Right. So that's that's what I that's, that's how I knew right. it. That's the Columbus way? Yeah. That is really lame. It is. No, in Athens, no, no, in Athens we, we do it the, the, real the, way? the real way. So, so that, but the stipulation of the Columbus way is if you ever say no, you can never play the ice game. This is the worst game I've ever heard in my that life. Seems, why? Right it's now, fine. if I pull the Smirnoff out, you guys would have to chug him. Yeah, fine. so... Okay, no, I'm just telling. So backstory. So, so they do it a little differently, which, which I didn't know about. And uh, if you, it, it, it basically is you hide the Smirnoff, and if somebody else finds it, then they then, then they, they have, have to, to drink it. it. Yeah. But there's also a reverse. I forget what the reverse is. Uh, they like they were talking about doing like icebreakers. Like if you if you suspect that a Smirnoff is behind. You like call a door, break. you call break, icebreakers or whatever, and then if you get it wrong twice, they're saying you have to do a shot of uh, one fifty-one. Oh my god! <laughs> wow. Right, but if you get the if you like call the icebreaker, and the Smirnoff is there, then the person who uh, who put the there has to drink two. Yeah, yeah, right. It, 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 it's um. So there was a lot of icing and uh, they awesome. played they played this game called the Centurion game, which basically involves taking a shot of beer every hour for or every yes. minute for a hundred minutes. Yep. Um, that did not turn out well. No, obviously. Uh, at all. And I, I, I said as much, I said, this isn't going to turn out well. Um, so, uh, anyway, they, they, they did a podcast, go, let's do it. It's really funny. Um, it involves one of my favorite moments of all time, which is basically we're in the middle of podcasting. Peter Johnson, right when we get home from, uh, from the event, he goes, uh, into his room, shuts the door. Okay. And, and then Jake, I was like, oh, he's, he's sleepy. We're like, okay, well, whatever. So. We hang out, like, I think we queue, we play some games. Then we're like, well, where's Peter? And Jake, I was like, oh, he's, he's he, I try to go on there, he's sleepy. And we're like, well, that's weird. Well, I'm like, is he sick or something? So then we go downstairs, and we're just, like, podcasting. We're, like, a half an hour in. <laughs> John Douglas comes walking down the stairs, carrying Peter Johnson in his arms, wrapped in a blanket. Peter's completely out of it. Just comes down... And, like, sets him down on the ground. Like, Baby Jesus style? Yeah, just, like, right down where we're podcasting. And Peter's just, like, curled up in the fetal position, sleeping. Like, while we're, like, 
getting rowdy. Like, Scotty Mac's, like, screaming, like, stories. You know, Taylor's doing his, like, crazy laugh that he always does. I mean, it's just like... And, and there's Peter just sleeping. It was one of the most awesome. insane podcast moments ever. So, anyway, I won't talk more about that. If you want to hear a really funny, non-magic-related uh, episode of The Bridge... Go listen to it. I like you say non-magic-related episode of The Bridge as if any of their episodes are magic-related. Yeah, none of them are. I mean, there's like about 13 seconds of magic Well, the whole thing is that the idea of the show is that it's gamers talking about what gamers talk about. And so, like, magic comes up, but, you know, because they obviously all play magic, and so they talk about it some, but they also talk about, like, you know, just the stuff that you would talk about with, with your friends if you're... You know, not in a public place. It's sort of how magic always devolves. Or if you get in a group of, of magic players, the conversation always devolves into magic yeah. speak. And it's 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 exactly that, except, like, um, about sex. Right. So everything just just eventually devolves into, like, sure. some... And, and I'll tell you, the thing I said in the podcast, if, if you ever listen to it, J.K.L.'s the worst of them all. That dude, he is, like, the raunchiest of, of all of them, including Taylor, which, which anyway, rough. totally off topic. So, um, that was actually just insanely fun. Um, I left about midnight before a few people showed up and I heard <laughs> that some bad things happened and I went, got a hotel, uh, goldfish my deck for about an hour, which, uh, I ended up playing Tezzeret. Um, I played T- a Tezzeret Jace Enlightened Tutor deck and I like won the first couple rounds and the last couple rounds. Um, the only notable thing that happened to me is, if, if you listen to the show, you probably know that I buy and sell cards quite a bit, and um, I, I've been setting up shop, and this kid keeps coming up to me. Every show I do, he's like, I need Golgari Grape Trolls. I'm like, okay, here you go, and I give him Golgari Grape Trolls, and the next show he's like, I need Gemstone Mines. I'm like, okay, here's Gemstone Mines, and then the last one, he, he wanted Bridge from Lowe's. So he's just always picking up dredge components. He's my my round two or my round three opponent, <laughs> and um, so I, I, I shuffle up against him and I play a main deck Grafdigger Cage, and I'm like, I got this. I cannot lose. So I, I mulligan aggressively to just get to an Enlightened Tutor, which I do. I mold a six, and proceed to, to play my land, and I'm like, pass. And then on his turn, he just goes Underground Sea. I'm like, okay, maybe he's on Black Blue Dredge. Maybe, maybe it's just like some non. <laughs> maybe he's got a wonder in his right. deck. Yeah, maybe some non gemstone mind version deck. I'm like, okay, uh, uh, land go. And then he's just like, end of turn, brainstorm. You just want to kill yourself. And I'm like, great. I, you know, I could have kept the hand with a lot more gas. So I, I proceed to like lose that one. And uh, so shout out to Caleb for next level. What was he playing? Uh, he's playing Bug. Uh, actually, one notable, one notable situation. Oh, yeah. And this, this made me realize that I don't like it when people come up to me after rounds ever and tell me about situations that happen unless they're remarkable, which is sometimes remarkable. This is my board state, okay? Uh, I have four lands out, a Mox Opal and a Chrome Mox. I've got quite a bit of quite Two a bit of your lands are artifact lands. Two of my lands are artifact lands. I have a Sensei's Divining Top and a Counterbalance. I have a Thopter Foundry combo on the board. Yeah, well, so you have Thopter and Sword. Yeah, and I have like five tokens. Can't lose, right? My opponent proceeds to go uh, land drop, pernicious deed. You don't find a three. I don't find a three. And then you I lose. force. He forces back, and then he proceeds to crack it for two, and leave me with two permanents on the board. Yeah. And uh, then he did the same thing in game three. So really, that remarkable. Yeah. No. No. It's remarkable because like I, I I've been training myself to not tilt, and it was actually impossible to not yeah. to not tilt there. Right. But what I'm saying is like the actual situation of I was playing a deck with counterbalance. And I could not find a three, and then I top three cards. 
Well, that's yeah. Well, yeah, well, yeah. But he also had like forty-five permanents. On yeah, him. I, I had, I had, I had both of my combos out. That's, right, right. And then proceeded to lose to one card. He's seven for one me. Yeah. So I, I just thought that that was that was pretty awesome. But the tournament, the tournament was really fun. Like I liked playing Legacy. It was my first one in a long time. Um, and I'm definitely going to be doing the next one and Good. the GPS uh, for sure. Yeah. I think I, I think I had it in me to play more. But uh, notably, Adam Prozac. Was the winner. Yeah. Yeah, playing Dredge. Playing Faithless Dredge. Dude, his Dredge list, like, b- b- before the tournament, we were looking at it, trying to figure out, like, you know, we were, we were exchanging cyborgs, everybody had their cyborgs out, and I'm, like, looking at his, and, and his Dredge deck is basically Lines of Diamond plus Faithless Looting is really the combo there. Yeah. So you, you play the Lines of Diamond, you pitch your Dredgers, and then hopefully you have Faithless Looting that you can just flash back and then Well, you turn go, you go your land, opponent. and then Faithless Looting. Yeah, right. Then you Lines of Diamond. Yeah. You, so, can, you can kill them on turn one. It's hard. Yes, he he had he said he had the chance to kill somebody in turn one, but he didn't take it because he was cowardly. So, <laughs> which we'll talk about cowards in a little bit. Um, so he um, so we're lo- I'm looking at his deck and it's it's dredge like no no frills no Iona or anything in the main deck. It just has the Flimkin Zealot right. and then all the other fixins. But his sideboard had almost no. Uh, actually, I think it had zero cards to counteract hate. Yeah, correct. Wow. So, so he he pretty much is saying, okay, look, I'm dead. I'm bored to lay down. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna clog my deck with chain of vapor and all that jazz just so that I don't lose the leyline. Like I'm just gonna bank on people not playing black decks. Which you know lately, if you look at top, top sixteen and Star City events, nobody's right. You don't black. have to worry about leyline anymore. You know, no, you, you don't have to worry about maybe graph thicker's cage because people are like, ooh, new card. Uh huh. But generally, it's gonna be either relic or. Um, uh, Torment script. Right. So, so he's just saying, I, I'm, I'm dead on board of that. So, so he all day. And if you watch the the uh, top eight coverage, he does it there too. He's just saying, okay, sure, I'll bash you. Like, yeah. go ahead, activate your relic. Go ahead, activate your Torment script. You know, land faithless, faithless learning, discard dredgers. Like, it just it is able to get the extra gas that it needs because of cards like faithless looting right. and and because you're not dedicating any. Uh, cyborg slots to, to the free you're just like I'll board in my breakthrough I'll board in my firestorms like I'll board in ways to like mm. offset it and it was it was like a, a, a menace like that they're just Absolutely, really predatory yeah. <clears throat> so um, yeah so he, he won the whole thing our other we actually had a couple other people that we that we're friends with that we probably shout out that are on that were in the top 8 Mark Larson got in the top 8 um, a guy from our shop Andrew Morrow got in the top 8 which is pretty cool he's got in the finals yeah, yeah. And um, Evan Wagstaff, who goes to our shop, uh, won a draft open. Yeah. Won the second draft open. Uh, Bernie Wen was in the Bernie top eight. Bernie Wen was in the top eight. Yeah. Uh, so we had, you know, a lot of Ohioans and a lot of Midwest guys that we know. <laughs> it's just, I, it's, I get excited when I, yeah. when, when, I, when I hear the feature match stuff uh, announced and it's and our it's, friends. Yeah, and it's people yeah, it's we nice. know. Yeah. It's cool. Uh, I wanted to mention that uh, Adam Froze, whoever follows me and Peter Johnson on Twitter know that we do the, uh, the Getting Ready Hands. Which is uh, uh, the hashtag clap, hashtag wait for it, hashtag which is so that's the getting ready hands. Um, and Adam Prozac was doing it in this topic uh, picture, so, awesome, so that was uh, I fell in love with him at that moment. <laughs> um, there. Oh, uh, one other notable thing that happened this weekend: a guy who is going to be exhibiting at our um, at our event next weekend, the PTQs. Uh, Ogre from Just Games did a full pack to power in two days. 
Wow. And not just, like, I watched him right as I came into the tournament site. I think I got there around noon on uh, on on Saturday. And he hands me a stack. He's like, hey, he's like, will you help me pack power? And I, I was going to sell Star City a bunch of ball cards that I had. Right. I'm like, oh, I can't do it. So he shows me, like, it's it's nothing. Like, literally nothing in this stack. I'm like, okay, yeah, good luck. We'll see you later. So then I check on him, like, later in the day. And he's he's now, at this point, actually has a real binder with cards in it. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. So I catch him on day two at the beginning of the day, and he had a mutable. I'm like, yeah, I'll take your mutable. And then proceeds to, I see a picture today on Facebook, Beta Black Lotus. So he doesn't just get a Mox Emerald. He gets a Beta Black Lotus. Doesn't just go go over the time toaster. Yeah, right, yeah. Just Wasn't there a photo of someone holding up a Mox Emerald with you in the background? Yeah, yeah, just random uh, cranny, cranny, <laughs> by random, cranny. Random cranny sighting. Yeah, I mean, that used to be the thing back in the day would be doing, um, it wasn't pack power, it was usually like a basic land of power. Mm. And you'd do that over a con. Like, if you went to Origins in like 96, you'd be like, all right, I gotta get a, you know, go from a, a you know, like a, a Playgrats to a Alpha. You'd always go to like, Generally, get to an alpha power because at that point they were worth a couple hundred. Yeah, yeah, they were worth like like you know like a, a, at that point a beta lotus was like three fifty five hundred five hundred and an alpha was like two fifty because they weren't tournament legal. Yeah, and um, they're you know they're still worth a lot of money because it was still a black lotus, but it wasn't like legal for tournaments, so that would you know they're just worth a lot less. But yeah, you know that when that was like when they were a lot less money. You yeah, know, it's not like today. What's a beta lotus go for? Oh, depends on the condition, but if you had a real nice one like. Twenty five hundred to three thousand. Right. So even if he only got a two thousand dollar lotus. Yeah, I mean his his the lotus that he got was probably twelve hundred dollars. I mean he made twelve hundred dollars over the course of weekend grinding cards. I mean yeah. the, it is evident in watching him do it. Um, but I mean that I thought that that's uh you know a lot of players really like that. It's a big part of what I saw at the event was trading. I'd never seen so much trading before. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, I like that, too, because that, I really like the collecting aspect part of this game, too. So I won't harp anymore on the... Well, let's go to Cowards, and then we can do each of you guys got some plug stuff to do. Yeah, so I just want to talk about Cowards real quick. Uh, <laughs> cowards are a menace in the local... Uh, in all magic communities, yeah. I think. Cowards are a real problem, uh, because we don't have Baldur heavyweights to make them unblockable for warriors like us. <laughs> so... We, you need to get rid of cowards. Well, I started the coward board. Right. Wait, yeah. who, so I guess I guess Adam Prozac. I'll oh, put, you him, put on. him on there. Nice. Good. I got him. Yeah. yeah so um, the coward board currently has Sam Stoddard because we were playing a friendly cube game, and uh, and we we finished our match within like five minutes. So all the other matches are going on. I'm so Robble stomped him. Yeah, he robbles on me. So then I'm like, okay, best of five, and Sam says no. He just stole just. No, not going to do I'm it. I'm not going to give this as There's nothing on the line. There's, there's nothing on the line. So I yes, said, there is. Your pride is on the line. So I just say... <laughs> I already had your pride. I didn't need it I twice. Said, he just looks at him like stone cold <laughs> face and like, what? Are you a coward? <laughs> so um, so I've I, I just been referring to Stoddard as a coward until he gives me my best of five whenever I want it. Um, and we came up with another one the other night, which was uh, Viridian's Emissary was Viridian on the board. Emissary was on the board and it got mortified. <laughs> so it was clearly cowardly as it got mortified. So while at Star City, I explained the coward thing and uh, to Peter Johnson, and um, and we were talking about creating a format. Oh, actually, no, I, I explained it to Peter because we, he beat me, and and he said I always beat you in cube cube drafts. He was my only loss in 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 our draft, and uh, I said okay, we'll fine, make it best of five, and then I proceeded to tell him the coward story, 
And then uh, I invented something where I'm going to give Stoddard, like, Stoddard's going to give me for my birthday this little card that says, like, I will cube draft whenever you want me to. Wow. So that I can just show up to his house at, like, 2 in the morning and just be, like, <sighs> knock on the door and then just hand him a stack of 90 cards like, wins to me. For, for the record, not answer the door. <laughs> <laughs> Pretending to not be home. So. Just, just I'll be sleeping, man. I, I sleep heavy. But, like, we, uh, we were saying, uh, John Douglas said that, that you could run it on the toilet. So, just, you know, they, 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 I guess, apparently share the same toilet time. So they were just coming with TV trays. And, you know, that's sick. <laughs> it is sick. You're a coward. Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, no, if you don't, you're definitely a coward. So, uh, Ruben, you have a big, you have two fairly significant announcements. Sure. So, all right. The first one is I have changed my Twitter handle. This is big. This is relatively big. Um, I created the bad core hard ass Twitter handle as a pun because I used to work at a hookah bar and a crackhead came in. And he wanted to register a name on the, the Hookah Bar's website as either Hardcore or Badass. And both of those were taken. And then he said, how about Badcore Hardass? Thinking he said Hardcore Badass and didn't realize it. <laughs> and the guy, the guy who was working the desk was like, yep, that's available. Surprisingly. And I was just like, that's the best story ever. So I've changed it from my crackhead uh, story to a new name, ladies and gentlemen. I am now at Mox Ruby. M-O-X-R-E-U-B-Y. That's so insane. Uh, because I wanted a magic pun name, uh, like Secluded Glen. And it's nice and short. All Sun's Dawn, or Mayor of Averbrook. And mine's nice, yeah, it's nice and short now, so it doesn't take up too many characters when you want to at me. Uh, and so, yeah. I like it. Great job. So there you go. But more importantly, give me the other All right, this so this is the much bigger news. So I've been trying to, I used to do a video series on Star City Games called The Main Phase, which was, uh, it was relatively well received, but it was also a lot of work and tough to do, so I stopped doing it. And I sort of stopped writing about magic to finish up school, and then I started writing for, for Star City again uh, when I got in touch with Steve uh, after I top eight a tournament, uh, a Star City Open. And so I'd started writing again. And then they, Steve and Evan Irwin both really wanted me to start doing a video series again. And I didn't know if I wanted to. I've sort of got my illness still, but I kind of wanted to get back into it. I know it's a lot of work, but I wanted to get back into it. Um, then Evan made a personal plea to me on Twitter, and he's got like 15,000 followers or whatever. Not actually, but he's got a lot of followers, and so if he makes that kind of public plea, I sort of have to respond. So I've decided that I'm going to start doing a new video series. Um, it's going to be a basically weekend update for Magic News. Uh, and it's going to be called Magic the Newsening, hosted by Ruben Bressler. And it's going to have news aspect. Uh, we're going to have other features to be named later, possibly uh, out-of-studio content, you know, things like that. But uh, that's, that's my big news. So be looking for Magic the Newsening coming on Star City very soon. That's insane. I'm really excited for this. Yeah, I'm very, and, uh, I'm very happy about it. Ruben gave us a preview of um, of one of the shows, and I'm I'm really excited about it. I, I love the format. I think that it's really funny, and uh, I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, it's time. good. Um, so, uh, I guess the last last area of our show is just kind of like talk about Ohio Magic Weekend. It's yeah, gonna it's going to be here in like nine days. So, so if you're listening to this, it's probably Friday or Saturday. That means it's it's about a week away. Ohio Magic Weekend is 
two PTQs, two Star City Invitational qualifiers, uh, plenty of side drafts and winter boxes if the demand is there. Um, we're going we're gonna to have four dealers on site, and, uh, and also Comic Town will be there to sell their wares. And uh, it's going to be held at the Holiday Inn in Worthington. <coughs> Saturday is all modern, modern PTQ, modern ICQ. Sunday, modern PTQ in the morning, ICQ in the afternoon. Uh, Legacy. Legacy. Legacy ICQ. So get your dual lands out. Um, and, of course, you know, uh, there, there is an invitational in Baltimore, which I'll be working um, in uh, the end of March. Yeah. And yeah. If, but if you can't go to that one, you win the ICQ. You can always go to Indianapolis in uh, June, which will also be at. Right. Yeah. I mean, these ICQs are really catching on. I think they provide a payout of, like, I think it's like two hundred fifty dollar uh, travel voucher for first place. How and many people usually play in an ICQ when there's a, another PTQ happening or another tournament? I, know, I really have no idea. Like I've never played in an ICQ. I, I know that the last ICQ I, I heard of was I think at Gamers in Indianapolis, and they probably I think they had like a hundred people or something. That's not wow. bad, actually. Yeah, and so I, I I believe it was there, but um, yeah, I mean it's it they're they're good tournaments. The price payouts are good, and and obviously you know. We want to foster a community that can kind of sustain itself. And the, um, the invitational for Star City, like it, it's it, it's it's like a little less. It's well, it's less than a pro tour, but it's I think more than a grand prix. I agree. And you know, you're also talking about you know, like I know the one I was at had like 250 people. They'll probably have more now because we're running more ICQs. But even like a 350 person tournament. And the top prize is ten thousand dollars. It's still pretty cool too. I mean, to to play in in a in a tournament like that, with it, they're doing it twice a year. That you know, four times, four times a year, being able to play and something. Hey, I qualified for the Invitational. You know, whether you guys are dirtles like you, you get in because you write for Star City, hey. or you're a guy like me that has to grind an ICQ. I mean, it's it's pretty cool. They, Star City's created a pretty neat little you know thing. I'm barning them right now. I bought this hoodie. This hoodie's so comfortable. Isn't that an awesome hoodie? It's it so is. insane. It gets a little baggy when you wash it once, but it's still a sick hoodie. Yeah, when, when I'm like... I'm Evan, I was talking with Evan Irwin about this, actually. <laughs> he ordered all that stuff and, like, very specifically ordered those kind of hoodies yeah. because, like, he needed longer strings and, like, good zippers and, like, comfortable arms. It is a, it is a lounging hoodie. It's and a it was, quality like, 30 hoodie. bucks. Seriously, 30 bucks for a hooded sweatshirt. Right, like a lot of times you buy, like, if you own Magic shirts, like, they're almost all just incredibly poor quality. Yeah. Like, they're the kind of t-shirt that you're like, oh, man. That you'll paint it. No, but what I mean is, like, it's the kind of t-shirt that you get at, like, Walmart. A lot of them are. Where it's just, like, it's it, it, it's the, not very thick fabric. Like, you know when you buy, like, a nice t-shirt and you're like, man, this thing, like, I could, like, fall down a mountain with this thing on. And yeah. it, it might rip a bit, but it's not going to be, yeah. like, you know. It's not going to just shred and, and all this stuff. Or but then like you know, the other t-shirts wear a, a stiff breeze. Like you wear it twice and it's just like completely bent out of shape and stuff. Like the you know, the the Star City, they're all their new stuff they got. Like it's really, it actually is very good fabric. Very very high quality. Yeah, it's nice. Uh, so again, I just I want to give a, a huge thank you again to Joy Pasco, uh, the guys at Bridge, Scotty Mack from A Team for driving all the way down from. Uh, America's Funny Hat to uh, to come down and visit us. Where in the Funny Hat are they from? I think he's Toronto. Is he Toronto? So Jeez, it was like, like seven hours. Seven it's like, hours. It was like eight and a half hours. So, um, so yeah, yeah I just I just had a blast. Weekend, so and, good luck to them. And if you if you ever come to like like if you come to the PTQ, come and say hi. Tell tell me you listen to the show. I'll give you a wristband. Like I, I really uh, I love meeting people that listen to really any of the shows because obviously podcasting is just like the best. Yeah 
Four Minute Magic. So. And again, Cranny is uh, going to be doing a dealer booth there. So if you need cards, tweet at him, email him, and he'll give you a good deal. Yeah, you definitely. can. You know, I, I was just talking about today. Just you know. If he can, you know, sell you stuff so that when you show up, you have it, you have stuff already ready. Right. So if you if you want to do pre-orders, get in touch with Cranny. He's he's got good prices and he's got a humongous stock. Thank you. Thank you. For he's that. been he's been picking a lot of stuff up. It's very funny that you said humongous stock, and that rhymes with something else. And I thought that was funny. <laughs> we'll edit that out. Humongous. No stock. Oh, right. <laughs> it's a humongous stock. It's, right, right, right. I, I don't want to explain these jokes to you, Stud. So, uh, I guess, hope you don't get on the coward board and, uh... Yeah, try to stay off the coward board. We'll all be watching at Ohio Magic Weekend 2012, and <laughs> we've always got our eyes open on Twitter and Facebook, so if you even remotely look cowardly, <laughs> take you down. Nice. Well, until next week, we're in contention. Good for-